So I, I what were we just talking about? I, I <laughs> we were talking oh. about people about those commercials about people becoming their parents. Yes, people becoming their parents. So my wife is the one who prints the internet. She absolutely prints the internet. We got an email the other day from the president of our high school choir, and of course I am the vice president because there's there's no such thing as a volunteer position that I won't raise my hand for. I I, <laughs> I, I think it's like. Well, what's that horror movie, Idle Hands, the Seth Green one, where like the arm operates on its own? That's how I am when it comes to volunteering. I just like my arm raises and I'm not even watching. Wow. It uh, so anyway, I'm three topics away from where we started. We we get an email and it's here are the meeting dates for the next three months. Mm-hmm. So so my wife she prints it and I'm like, why did you print that and not just type them into the online calendar? Well, because I didn't have time to do it right then and there, so I had to print it and put it in my pile of things to deal with so that then I can look at Jeez, the page. Take a screenshot. And, and I'm, or, or just put them into the – it's three dates. Put them in the online calendar. Just do it and move on. It, I, I just – I can't. I can't anymore. The, the paper is expensive. Right. Ink, ink is even more so. Ugh. 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 It's, it's just I, – I, yeah. Anyway, turning into our parents. So, yes, we, we print the internet in my house. Wow. We absolutely do. The, the other thing we do is the whole, you know, there's something wrapped up in the freezer. What, what do we know what it is without unwrapping it? Or even after unwrapping it, we absolutely have some of that going on. <laughs> what is this? It's a meatball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Sorry. I, I will never forget cleaning out. This is years ago now, but cleaning out my daughter's coat after, uh, I think at the start of winter, and we, you know, pull her winter jacket out of the closet and my wife is going through the pockets from the prior winter, and there's a Ziploc bag in there. And she goes, Sadie, when did you get a brownie? And Sadie's like, oh, I think that's an apple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see the, the, the one of that series of commercials where the, the, they're like at a mall or something, and the guy's like, you imagine the, 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 the warehouse operation they got to have to support a place like this? That's me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's totally you. Oh, that is so fun. Yes, that's absolutely you. Oh, yeah, that's me. I, I love it. I mean, I'm the one where they where they go to the football game, and they're talking about getting there early so they get a good spot, but parking near the exit and leaving in the third quarter so they don't have to fight the traffic. Yep, yep. Like like yeah. planning out what's going to happen three hours from now. That, that, I, that's funny because I thought the exact same thing. That is great, mm-hmm. right there. Yep. <laughs> Yep, that's to- okay, let's totally. not talk about leaving before we actually get into the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I am I am three hours, days, weeks, and years ahead in, in, in everything. Yeah. I, I just I the, can't. The one where they're in the airport and they're like, people go running by. They're like, oh, see, should have got up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's me. Yeah, that's me too. Oh, that's totally yeah. Me. Total, total oh. planophobe Greg. Gotta, mm-hmm. gotta have it all. That's true. I, I, if I if I do not know what I'm doing, I, I told you this a little while ago. If, if I don't know what I what I'm doing tomorrow, I can't go to bed tonight. I just I can't. I, I, I and I, and when I say if I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, I need like a freaking schedule. Wow. Me. I I know after this, the the errands I need to run. I'm a little bit stressed because I haven't figured out what order to run them in yet to make it optimal in terms of traffic and, and whatnot. So I've got to go to a few different places. So that part of it is probably what I'll do when we get off this recording is, is work on my schedule of my errand running. Wow. Yeah. I got a problem. You do. I got a problem. Holy I cow. Do. 
I do. But but I'll tell you what, that shit's going to get done. <laughs> it will, absolutely. So who's laughing now? Uh-huh. It's going to get done. And that that's what brings you pleasure is making sure that your list that you checking the boxes. Checking just ugh. Mm-hmm. Checking boxes off my list is a I don't need likes on Facebook. Uh, checking boxes off my list, that's my dopamine right there. Really? Oh, oh God, yes. Wow. So th- th- this is this I read something about this the other day, but this is absolutely real. If I start my I live in OneNote, I have my list every day of stuff I'm doing for work and for home. If something comes up that wasn't planned for and I do it, I will then go back to my list, put it on the list and cross it off. Wow. Because I get that visual cue of all the stuff I got done, all the stuff that got accomplished. Mm-hmm. I need that. I need that's my, that's that's my own validation right there. There's group therapy for stuff like this, you know. Yeah, or, or I could spend all day rewatching season four of Archer and get nothing done. Was it on your list? <laughs> if it see if it goes on my list, then it would be okay. But it has to get done. Yeah, right. Is that the outer space season? No, I think that's too soon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> really meandering yes yeah so you know that's what you get when you get a quote live episode you don't mm -hmm. know where this you know you never know where it's going to take you oh the thrills the chills is 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 this not a a hopnology decrepit it is Is not a a decrepit no Ooh, this is this is a new one this is a this is a new one yeah it's a bouncing baby live episode Mm -hmm. very exciting yeah so so planning and needing to know what's getting done yeah the flip side to that is is I guess looking in hindsight at how things went and deciding what you think of it. <laughs> is that a decent transition? That's a good transition. Yeah, okay. why not? That's a good transition. If I'd had time to plan the transition, it would have been better. It would have but... been better, yep. And you would have had, you know, a thesis statement and your opening argument and all that sort mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. No, we don't Q- nobody around here needs that. And QED at the end. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs that. So this was a this was a topic you proposed and I like it and it's it's how did you put it? No regerts. No regerts. <laughs> regerts. Regerts from from, yes. from the hop farm. Yes. Like, do we what what and there's so many times that, so many of the topics we've talked about have been like, well, if we had to do it again, yep. we're, we're we this entire podcast is based on don't make the mistakes we made. Correct. And take some gems from the things we did well. But you know, you you learn so much more from places where you had to correct. It's painful. Yeah, and there is. I don't think there's ever not a time when it's painful. Well, because you because the what if starts creeping in right. of now that we know that should have been done differently. Imagine how everything after that would have changed. I've I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's probably a survival mechanism. <laughs> Because if I did, I would have been paralyzed. But I'm thinking painful in, in terms of, like, the minute you re- realize you should have done something different, it's, like, always painful. But it's, I guess, a level of there – are, there are a whole spectrum of pain <laughs> inv- involved <laughs> in, uh, in reviewing one's regerts. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be very therapeutic. Oh, yeah. I, yes. <laughs> And I, I granted now I just came up with these topics and really didn't have a, a, a checklist to go down, which is going to drive you insane. Um, exactly. There's no, I, I have a blank screen in front of me. It's, uh, you know what my screen says? No regrets. No regrets. That's the, and nice. it's in caps. Nice. That's all that I see right now is no regrets. I mean, to, the, the first thing that jumps out, I'll go first. Yes. The, the, the first thing that jumps out at me, well, I've got two actually now that I think about one is more personal. Um, the personal one is that 
I wish in retrospect I had been been on the ground more. I mean, during the whole life of our hop farm, I was out there twice, mm-hmm. three times, mm-hmm. and and I'd say most of the, most of those times were just for board meetings. Mm-hmm. Like it was not to be out. There, there was one season I came out and worked in the field for a week, and I, my back still hurts, as you've heard me yes. say. Yeah, yeah, your manic oh. wrecked your manicure. I oh that that too. Well, and you. And actually, no, that wasn't the only time. It was the other time I came out, because that time I, we drove. Mm-hmm. The whole family came. But there was one time I flew out, and you had me hanging twine the morning before I got on the I got on the plane covered in dirt. Right. Yeah. As it should be. This is how, this is how we roll. Yeah. But I, I, I definitely regret on a, on a personal level not being more present. Would that have changed anything about the, about the direction and how things went? No. I'm, I'm one person, and... And not a very useful one at that. So I'm not sure that that would have changed anything. It would have I saved me I, 12 bucks an hour, probably. But it, yeah, yeah, it would have. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you would have spent it on hookers and blow. Oh, so true. I'm not really that's worried true. about that. Um, and, and there goes the parental advisory. Just kicked right Ooh. in on this one. Uh, but but I, I, I do wish that for, for me. But the, the, the bigger, the, the thing that I always come back to that I think would have been a game changer for us early, early, early was having a was figuring out a way to hire a dedicated sales and marketing person. Yep. Um, that, that, that seems to, there are a lot of recurring themes we go through, but from an infrastructure perspective, and maybe that's under the broader heading of James can do it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that, that to me, until you bring up something else where I say, yeah, I like your idea better. <laughs> that, that, that to me will always be my biggest regret is we didn't properly identify that as a gaping hole that needed to be professionally addressed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's on one of my top three is is that when we look back at the money that was spent, and we'll talk about some of that, some of those regerts of, of spent money, but um, had we invested, and I'll say invested because that's exactly what it is, invested in that skill set, it would have changed the trajectory that we had. And it's not like saying that we were not successful and this would have made us successful. No, but it just would have changed a lot, I think, of what we actually did later. And sure. and we wouldn't have had to chase so many potential revenue streams, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. in order to keep things active. And we could have focused solely on, you know, one or two things. And yeah, I, that's, that's it. It's completely undervalued and a lot of hubris involved on my part. And thinking that I could do it all, and that I was not that guy. Yeah, and and you know, don't don't lay that all on yourself with the hubris. The rest of us also looked at you and said, "You're going to do that? Cool." Yeah. And we let and we left it at that. So yeah, there that's was, true. It is your fault. As I think it is, it, it is yeah, none of like... none of us <laughs> none of us chose to rein you in on that. We all went, "Oh, good. I don't want to do that. I'm glad he's going to do it." We when I think about you know, it's interesting to your point. I mean, if we if we take this down that path about other revenue streams, might that have led us to never build the buy in 3060, to never mm-hmm. go greenhouse? Mm-hmm. Because the focus wouldn't have been, those were revenue chasing that turned into very profitable ventures. Um, although, you know, buy in 360 made me want to put my head through a wall at times. Yeah. Um, we learned a lot about people. Yeah, we, we, we yeah, we did. <laughs> we, we also learned that we should start a shipping company because no one knows how to do it correctly. Right. But that's, that's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother thing. Uh, but yeah, you know th- those things would never have happened because the focus wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had to grasp at cash 
um, theoretically, but, but then you take it all back to, well, we didn't hire a person because either A, we didn't think we needed to, or B, we didn't have the cash mm-hmm. to do it. It was probably both. Mm-hmm. A- and it's one of the reasons you hear me complain constantly when we look at brewery websites and I see that the marketing, social media, salespeople have the same last names as the head brewer and, and the founder because it's, it's brothers, sisters, husbands, wives who are like, oh, yeah, I can do the selling for you. Oh, sure. that's easy. I, yeah. I know how to post on Facebook. That's easy. And there, these are skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are actual skills involved in sales and marketing. But I, I, I've spent my entire career working with salespeople. Um, it's not all the stereotypical used car salesmen. There are people that are really good at this. So let me give you an example. When I, we realized that we need some marketing help, like serious marketing help. I found some folks locally that had expertise in kind of niche markets and really bringing visibility, right? And so I met with them a few times and it was like the third time we met, we finally got down to price tag. Like, what is this campaign going to cost us? Mm-hmm. And it was, okay, we looked at your website. We could do some rebranding here. We're going to do this. We're going to get ad space. Um, and, and not like, like media advertising necessarily, but more like how do we get you or Gorse Valley Hops positioned in the media somewhere? and have a broader audience see you as subject matter experts and all this kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. It was going to be an 18-month campaign, XYZ, blah, 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 $94,000. Yeah. And they go, what do you think about that? I'm like, that seems pretty comprehensive, but I think your decimal point's in the wrong place. (laughs) That's exactly what they did. They laughed at me. They're like, that's a good joke. And I'm like, I'm serious. (laughs) I'm I'm a startup for the love of God. Yeah, Yeah, $94,000 for an 18-month campaign. And they weren't, if you looked at everything that we were getting from them for that, which we didn't do, by the way, uh, it was reasonable. It's just I had no understanding of what kind of value was assigned to those things. And then you start saying, okay, 94 grand. Frankly, would I have dumped 94 grand into it if I was confident I would have returned at least that much? Yes, I would have. Sure. But I had no frame of reference to understand whether that how I was going to monetize that return. Right. I don't, I don't think we had 94 grand worth of product available to sell at that point. Right. That, that it would have been possible to return that. And it was, we're building for the future and da-da-da. I, I remember those conversations because I, I distinctly remember this one because I remember you brought it back to all of us and it was like, wow, this looks amazing, but th- there's, there was no, there's not even any debate. There's no way we can do this. Right. But it was an eye opener of mm-hmm. you want to play in this space. Like when you when you go get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm going to bring in an outside like advertising advertising agency um, to help build your brand. This is what you're looking at. This is what it's going to cost you to do that. And I'm not saying that that's outrageous. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think it was probably actually pretty generous of them, given everything that they were going to do because they knew where we were at as a startup. But holy hell. Now you know why most of these small operations, specifically farming operations, are all word of mouth, kind of small mom and pop sort of things. And they don't grow up to be these big brands like in the hop industry that you see now with either Crosby or Revolution or things like that without either massive, massive cash influx as a business, a proper, proper business, you know, not not a a family farm or it's a it's a legacy family farm where all of that 
spend has been amortized over generations. Sure. So for, for those of us just getting started to get into it, to say, we're going to dump that kind of cash into, into advertising and marketing. I mean, man, you want to, because you really want to, want to bite at that pie, right? And you figure this is going to be the way to get there, but it's not that easy. You need somebody behind it to, I guess, manage the machine, the marketing and sales machine. Once you set it up, it's like, okay, advertising and marketing, you set it up. Now you have to fulfill. And who's going to actually do that part? Who's going to be the face that's going to be making use of all of that investment you just made? We didn't have that. No. And no, we didn't have it at all. And I just wanted to make that because I think we have a, an episode somewhere back in the classics of like the difference between advertising or sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And they're two different things. And but they're parallel and they go together in this sense, if we would have spent that money without having the the people power behind the sales part. And like reinforcing that marketing and advertising at every stretch, it, it would have been wasted money. I agree. I agree. Because there's the, and we do have, I don't know if it's a dedicated episode on the difference, or I know we've talked about building your team and why these roles oh, are right. important. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the marketing is all about awareness and name and brand. And we tried some things. We tried the what's in your beer, those posters mm-hmm. you had up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we, we try. We did a whole bunch of of shows and whatnot. We we did the whole. This is what GVH is. This is what Aroma Smart is. But you're right. If then people are interested and they call and they want to talk to someone about selling or about buying, and we don't have the manpower to get back to them mm-hmm. or or the product because we're taking commitments for the crop that'll be ready in three years, then then, then completely premature. And, and I want to say that was the. That was probably the conclusion we came to back then was that this is premature, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. And we just never went back. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, this this whole topic is a big one on my list, too. So, well done. I kind of yeah. knew that would be high on your list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. It's just a, a – you know, and, and it's – we've made such a big deal on the podcast about talking about – paying for expertise when it's warranted and the same thing goes for legal advice and accounting advice mm-hmm. and there are there are things you should know how to do yourself and there are times where look as a business owner as an entrepreneur you want to believe it is all on your shoulders but you want to believe that you can fix everything no know, know when to bring in people uh it's been a constant recurring theme for us so yeah yeah that 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 one haunts me to this day <laughs> yeah well Something that I regret that's high on my list, kind of in the same vein of like business running, is not recognizing the power of borrowed money earlier. Mm. Because had I done that, understood that I could go for an operating line of credit and understand what that really would mean for me, um, it would have changed our approach, much like you mentioned. Would we have gotten into all these other aspects to, to generate revenue? Probably not. What would that borrow money allow me to focus on and then build upon a singular focus or a, a dual focus instead of being so uh, diffused, right, in our vision in order to generate money? And yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. it it's not something that I fully appreciated. I regret that. Yeah, that that's a very interesting one because, yes, you're you're absolutely right. And we, again, it's something we've talked about on uh, – on this podcast, which we should probably retitle, you know, 
retro <laughs> some sort of it's been it, hobnology really has been a a gorse valley hops retrospective yeah right <laughs> um but yeah we've talked about that numerous times about the value of borrowing and that that paying for something in cash versus you know ver- versus leasing or versus borrowing and being able to pay over time because you don't have the cash flow now but you will have it later if you're properly set up now and to properly set up now you need the cash now right it's this right. horrible horrible circle yeah it's it's it once i did realize it i i realized it too late and when we did go to borrow money you know we had some obviously some history of income and we had assets that we could borrow against that's why they the bank gave gives you the money in the first place sure um but i recognized it too late and we were already i think too diffused in our focus mm-hmm. and the when you get too diffused you do too many irons in the fire you hear all the time right yeah. um that each one of those in order to move them just a little bit incrementally forward costs you let's say exponentially more than it should because you don't have enough resources to pump dump into everything. So you're spending more to get the same amount of done across 10 things mm-hmm. than you would if you just had two things going on. And I didn't understand that that's where that borrowed money could come in to move us out of that, you know, backyard experimental grower into professional grower. Um, and I just I wish I would have realized that sooner because it would have changed several things. Sure, sure. You end up using that money to buy time. Yep. Because time time is really what we never had. Mm-hmm. And you you buy resources so that you you expand your, you know, it, it's kind of similar to the hum, the relative humidity conversation. You 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 increase the size of your cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. Absolutely. And it's scary as hell because you're like, "Oh man, now I'm into I'm into it." for you know for the to the bank for for cash because i'm borrowing against it and how do i know this is going to pan out blah 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 you know it's not like it's not like buying a a harvester right where you've got structured payments or you're using a credit card and you're just like okay i've got this thing here and the risk is is low because i know how this thing works it's like when you're borrowing money to run your business you're Mm -hmm. banking against the income that's going to uh be evident (laughs) because you put money into your business so it's like i'm gonna borrow from the future from my future yield from my future profitability because if i don't i'm never going to become profitable so it's it's this weird thing that it's a very circular logic thing and it's very (laughs) common apparently in the in the business world which i wasn't a business guy right and so Mm -hmm. i didn't know these things and i just i regretted that yeah it, it you, you've heard the phrase it takes money to make money mm-hmm. and yeah you you need it's true it's true and and we we didn't understand that aspect of it yeah about borrowing to to get us to that next level yep Ooh, yeah do you have anything i um no i think you said you had three i do have three Okay, I'm, I'm. I mean, I I was going to say very snidely and tongue in cheek, you know what? If if we had used some of that early, that you know that early energy to build a time machine, it would have really helped. Ah, it would have. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I'm absolutely. not sure if that's a regret so much as a pipe dream. Ah, uh, right. Well, dare to dream. You can do that. 
Mm-hmm. One of the other big regrets that I had is not, this comes back to investing again, but this time it's in stuff, um, not biting the bullet and spending the money to buy the right equipment earlier. Mm. We did a lot of fabric cobbling. A lot of fabric cobbling and a lot of throwing labor at stuff that really probably would have been money better spent in buying the right equipment. Like our, let's say, weeding. You don't think that you can afford that $20,000 attachment for the tractor to allow one person to go out and weed your entire field in a day because somehow in your mind it's cheaper and more cost effective to try and find 10 people to come and do it by hand it's it seems like it seems like that's more like approachable and achievable than this concept of oh my god i got to spend all this money out of pocket for for going you know getting this piece of equipment and then i'm gonna have you know this thing hanging over my head well no not really dummy because you're gonna be paying those people x dollars an hour to weed that you can't amortize you can't get a loan for it you can't make payments against labor you need right now (laughs) so yeah and and even the way you just described it even the way you explained it you convinced me that it was better to do the the hand weeding (laughs) just it it comes out of your mouth that way like yeah uh, but but it's not right it's not it's totally not but it comes back to the borrowed money thing yep and i just i regret not looking at that you know having having the right you know, power weeder, having the right soil implements for the tractor early enough on where things were just done using tools that weren't meant for the job that they, that they are for. Like everything's a hammer, right? Which will be a future episode. Everything's a hammer. Yes. But, um, and we just, this was just a topic on, on the discord not too long ago about, you know, Hey, I don't have a tractor, but I need to root prune. How am I going to do this? And you're like, Oh my God. First off, why don't you have a tractor? <laughs> right? Well, but yeah. but now there's reasons though, right? There's reasons. Mm-hmm. So like, I only have a quarter of an acre. Okay, yeah, it's kind of hard to justify a tractor. Um, but really, if 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 you're like an acre or more and you don't even have a small tractor, why? What is your time worth? Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy a used tractor, a, a, an old one that will get the job done for a few thousand dollars. And, and and that so quickly becomes cheaper than all that that labor or the whole my my labor is free yeah. aspect yep. of the time that you would be spending right correct there are so many examples mm-hmm. <laughs> of where you know I look back and say holy hell why did I if I would have only if I could have only we should have blah 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 and yeah it's like yeah. around equipment alone yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah yep. huh. absolutely. And sort of along with that, uh, one thing that I regret is not fully appreciating the power of auctions. <laughs> mm. People are like, what? What does that mean? Uh, so it was medium to late into our run with Gorse Valley where we got hooked up with our friend uh, Bill Arndt, uh, Arndt Cranberry. And he he taught me the power of auctions. <laughs> He has a very impressive cranberry production operation, also a very impressive hop growing operation. And uh, he, if for those of you who don't know, cranberries are very similar to hops and that's a ton of specialized equipment and it takes a lot of heavy equipment to do stuff. So that means heavy stuff like excavators and giant tractors and a lot of fabric cobbling involved. And so 
where do you get all that stuff? You don't go out and buy it new. And you're not necessarily looking on Craigslist for it, although sometimes you are. You're going to auctions. Sometimes those auctions are little mom-and-pop farm auctions. Sometimes they're huge, gigantic national auctions like Ritchie Brothers auctions, where you can go and find all of this uh, used equipment. And frankly, some of the stuff that he came back with and what he paid for it, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you paid less for that thing than, than it's worth in scrap. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, how, how, do, how do you get a mini excavator that would buy, that you would like say buy brand new for eighty thousand dollars, and you got this for six grand. What what's wrong with it? Wow, right? And in some some cases, it's like, well, it needs a new hydrostatic pump or something that requires, you know, somebody that can work on this kind of stuff. But in other cases, it's like there's nothing wrong with it. It's just somehow or another, it ended up at an auction, and nobody really paid much attention to what was wrong with it. And you, you win. And I'm just like, oh, this is a whole new world. <laughs> um, and, and, then, and then you get lusty. And then you, then you're just like, oh, look at all this stuff that I could get equipment-wise. And it's like, man, if I would have known that earlier, I would have been much more aggressive in searching those, those places out because I could have afforded more easily some of that equipment that I wanted and didn't think I could afford because I was always looking at the new price tag. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I mean, there are, because there are people unfortunately failing at farming right and left and there's stuff out there that's just available to mm -hmm. you. And it's not necessarily even farming stuff. It's like machine equipment. It's mm -hmm. welders. It's, I mean, you name it, greenhouses, uh, storage buildings. Um, so we put up a 40 by 80 foot tension fabric. So sometimes they call them tent barns, but they're called tension fabric barns where you've got this steel substructure and then this like super heavy duty, uh, usually PVC woven tarp that goes over the top of it. And you can pick these things up that big, 40 foot by 80 foot. That's a huge building, right? Five grand. Five grand. A pole barn, like an actual, you know, made with wood and steel, that size, would cost you eighty thousand dollars. Jeez. Right? And it's like, what? This is a real thing? This was only like five grand and it came out at auction. It was brand new. It was just surplus. Huh. It's like, yeah, get that, get five. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what Bill did. You got a bunch of them. <laughs> wow. And, you know, he put them up and that's what he put his hop harvesting and drying operations in. And he put them like two a couple of them together end to end he had two sets of them wow. so he had like um 40 by 160 buildings and people are like oh yeah i gotta have all this space for drying and i can't put up a building because barns are expensive i'm like well rethink about what you're doing and what it is mm -hmm. that you need and maybe that's another regret is not thinking out of the box you know really taking that your your, your own future into your own hands by thinking about it yourself I don't know. I think we did a lot out of the box. Oh. You could you could make the argument we went way out of the box. Oh, I, I there's not even there's a box can't, can't hold me. Um, exactly. I do all kinds of out of the box thinking, but I see others that don't, and they're just you know copying what somebody else does, mm -hmm. and they don't know why. It's like, well, it takes a lot of brain power to invest into something to make it your own and to exploit those things that other people aren't doing.
And it's like, well, well, if it was if it was successful and something you should do, everybody would be doing it. No, <laughs> they're not. It's, this is such a funny turn of conversation because when we first started up the Charter Girl program and we were bringing people on to do an acre and two acres, we had a concept, if you recall, called Acre in a Box. Mm-hmm. And it was quite literally, you know, we we will tell you exactly what to do to get started. So we were very purposely putting a box around them right, and saying, doing it this way. But, but again, that was from learning and from knowing what hadn't worked and for people that really didn't know where to begin. Right. And we know that they know that they don't know. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yep, totally, totally on board with you on that one. And it's like, if we can help them avoid mistakes by telling them, okay, here's the very basics that you've got to do. Now, there'll be a, a next step, right? But this is how you get started. And this is how we're, what we're going to do. We're going to lend you some of that expertise and help you understand where to go next. Um, and, and in many cases, the people were really interested in that. Uh, that could, can I, t- I don't want to steal your regurt with another regurt. <laughs> but um, the, re- the regret that I have around the Charter Grower Program is that my regret was how naive I was. I, re- okay. I regret how naive I was. In what sense? In the sense that I fully expected people to put the work in that was required to be successful. So we come to them with how to do this and are upfront with them about all of the expectations that we have and what they can expect to do, right? And the things that are in front of them and 95% of them fail because they just don't put the time in. They find out that it's too much work. And I regret that I was so naive to think that other people had a similar kind of work ethic. So I'm... I'm going to counter that okay, and say we, we were very selective with that program. We were. Um, and a lot of what we did when we were trying to figure this out with this interview process we went through was to try and discern whether that work ethic was there. We, we may not have done it as – I think we were comparing them all to each other as opposed to having a standard that they had to get over so the top X percent got in and it, it may not have been enough of a work ethic. Mm-hmm. But – there's no no one is going to honestly look at you and say, nah, I can't put in that much time. Just, because everyone thinks they can do it and everyone wants to do it. I think we did everything in our power to make sure that we were we were scrubbing that base as best as we could. It it was still too much work. Mm-hmm. It was still too much work. But if we had if we had taken that um that threshold up even further, there would have been no one in the program. True. And and maybe the answer is there should have only been four people in the program. And that's just exactly what I was going to say. It's like, maybe that told us something that we should have listened mm-hmm. to. I don't know. But I, that's, I don't know. That's just, it's, I regret. And that has less to do with, it has everything to do with, you know, the regret that I have for the early on expectations about how we were going to make the business successful, which is, you know, why I cringe when I go back and look at the very first business plan. <laughs> yes. Um, and, yep. and I remember people, you know, some charter growers that we had saying, 
well, why are you guys expanding more acreage? You know, I thought you, you know, you're going to be growing all the hops and we're not. I'm like, we are doing it because you guys can't. Mm-hmm. Right. Or won't let's put it that way. So that's why we have to do this in order to continue to supply hops at the volume that brewers want them. Otherwise we got nothing. Right. Right. Every, the, the charter grower volume with, with a couple of very small exceptions was, was irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And we needed the volume to keep the business growing to the point where the charter grower program became a, not even a secondary right. or tertiary um, focus. Right. And, and that was part of it. That uh, seemed like such a good idea. Well, exactly. And it's just, it's just naivete, I think. And I, no, I, I regret I, I it to this day. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I, 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 I can't bring myself to regret giving people opportunities and options and, and then letting them try because I don't think we sold anyone a false bill of goods by any stretch. Oh no. I don't, um, I don't think you think that either, no. but there's only so much responsibility you can take for other people not pulling their weight. Oh yeah. I learned that. Mm-hmm. So, so I, so I have one that it's, that is just coming to light here as we're having this conversation. Um, and it's not really something new, but it wasn't something I was going to get into, but I'm going to anyway. Oh, great. And, and I, I regret how, how do I say this the right way? <laughs> well, I, it hasn't I am, stopped you before. Uh, it, it, I say things the wrong way all the time. <laughs> so you know what? No, I'm not going to say it. Um, uh, hearing some of your regrets, and this last one in particular, and, and the, the phrasing you're using, um, the, the, the naivete one in particular is, is hitting me wrong. Um, I regret my you seemingly feeling as alone as you did in some of these decisions and some of these responsibilities, because I know you, you ran, there were five of us as partners in this and there was so much of this on you. And we talked about it on the sales and marketing side at the very beginning where it was like, Oh, James is going to do that. Cool. We don't have to. Um, I do regret the, what I sense to be a lot of, of loneliness and personal responsibility that the rest of us weren't able to take off of your shoulders. So I think that is um, – th- I take back what I said at the beginning. I think this would be my biggest regret. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. There'd be bigger regrets as we went along. Um, that I think more support for you from the ownership would have been um, – would have changed things in the long term. Now, that said, I think we all walked into this with an understanding that – this is James's baby, and we're here to help. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you got the help you needed, and I don't think that we provided the help that we should have. But I don't know that blame falls in, on, on on every side of it. Well, I, thank you. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say I regret ever getting into business with this idiot. <laughs> Oh, no, you can ask anyone else in my family and they'll tell you they regret my getting into business. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's no, true. I will, I will, let, let's, let's, let's back, let's, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> I, um, I will never regret, despite all these things and despite the last three plus years of Hopnology and us talking about all the learnings and the failures, I will never regret that we did Gorse Valley because it was educational and it was fun and we met a bunch of ton people and we got to know each other a hell of a lot better and it was in every aspect of my life made made things better it just didn't make me a hop millionaire it did not it did not no, make you that a is, hop that's the, nor me yeah 
Yeah, it made me a it made me a celebrity in my own mind in the hop business. But I will let's let's put that right out there. I will never regret Gorse Valley hops. Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't regret the business. I don't regret the time we spent in it. I learned a ridiculous amount um, that continues to to pay dividends today. And we're still in the hop business. And that's one of the things that we said is that when we had to get rid of the business that and, and pivot, um, that we wouldn't exit the industry, and we haven't. Uh, we're just a, it's a little bit different. But looking back, and you're saying, how could I, how could I have done things differently, and would that have changed the outcome? And of those things that I could have done, what do I regret not doing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's most and think about it. It's the regret. The things that I regret most are the things that I didn't do, not the things that I did. True. Which which kind of leans into don't be afraid to make decisions. Right. Yeah. And so I think there are a couple of couple of things that I regret doing. I'm like, oh, that was dumb. And that's something we didn't spend mon- our time talking about was the stupid shit I spent money on. Um, <laughs> that's that's a whole nother episode, I think, where I'm like, well, oh, man, I wish I had that money back. <laughs> well, well when, yeah, when you were going down the auction path, uh, all I could think was that would have been we would have had to find you the equivalent of of AA for auction goers. Yeah, because you, if you had found that earlier. We would have been like, we can't find James. What's going on? Where's James? Oh, he's at another auction. What the? (laughs) Yeah, you. That could have become your obsession in life very easily because it would be like me going to comic book conventions. Like you know, no, no. I the auction thing would have been great for money saving. I think you would have lost all of your time. Yeah, but I would have had a bunch of cool shit. Oh, you would have had so much cool shit. But, but I'll tell you what, that shit's going to get done. <laughs>